everyone, this is Sarah Dimes and Yikami Otari, co-founders of Dukari. Hi there, welcome to our Sofa Chats podcast, where we talk to business owners and leaders about their business journey in an informal way. Hi everyone, thanks for joining the call. My name is Yekemi Otaru and you've joined our Branding Your Business for Success webinar. I'm delighted to introduce Anya Peter today. We've worked with Anya, well I started working with Anya probably three or four years ago and when we launched Dukaru in 2018 we again worked with Anya to, this, to build our brand. Now for those of you that don't know much about Dukaru. Dukaru is a sales and marketing consultancy. We're based in Aberdeen. We're about a year and a half old and we've got four staff and two interns right now. So branding is a big part of um, what our customers care about. We, we tend to focus on sales, business development and strategic marketing as well as content marketing. But we often work with Anya to help our clients develop a brand that really represents them online with their clients. So without further ado, I'm gonna hand over to Anya, but first some housekeeping. Um, if you could please stay on mute throughout the call and then at the end when we do the questions and answers, you can obviously unmute yourself to ask questions. Um, please turn off your camera as well. And that can be turned on at the, at the end when you're maybe wanting to ask a question or you're wanting to see who else is on the call. Um, also, in terms of the, the Q&A, if you've got questions and you want to put them in the chat, you can do. We will get to them at the end. And finally, this call is being recorded um, because it's going to end up on our YouTube channel for people to watch later on. So just for your information, it's being recorded. So over to Anya. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Um, uh, thank you, Yikemi and Dukaro team for um, having the opportunity to speak today, being a guest speaker. Um, yeah, so I, I will switch to my slides. Just a second. There we go. So I hope everyone can see the slides now. Yeah, today I would like to talk about branding your business for success. Um, so in, in this session, I will talk about at the start what branding is, what it means, and then I go through what kind of is related to branding. And then I have a case study, as Hikimi mentioned, I created um, Ducaro's brand. So I will talk about and, and lead you step-by-step step through the whole corporate identity of Dukaru as an example. And then at the end, I will give you some tips, advice, what you could do on your own if you maybe think about your brand or you think about rebranding, what could you do? And yeah, later on, there are Q&A. So if you have um, any questions, um, yeah, please, just gather them and then later we can come back to that. So a little bit about myself. Um, yeah, I, as you can see, um, maybe a weird picture. There's a book next to my ear. Um, I love book design. Um, that's really um, what I'm thriving for and typography. 
And when I started learning uh, communications design at uni, I really um, digged and dug into typography. Um, and then from there, it developed uh, to become a brand developer and really think about branding, logo creation. And um, yeah, I think typography is such a crucial part for that. Um, apart from the design passion, I love to go climbing indoor mainly. Uh, I love dancing and yoga. So I, I, like, I love just the movement. And yeah, unfortunately at the moment, not many things I can do there, some online yoga, but yeah, kind of, that's it. Um, and then I came to, in 2016, I came to Aberdeen and I, I wanted to join an agency because I was already four years before in Germany, I, I worked in an agency um, as a graphic designer and I thought I, I'd do the same here. Um, but then there was the recession, um, as most of you know. And yeah, so I, I decided um, to apply and I got the, actually the possibility to work as a freelancer. So I worked at several local uh, design studios like Fifth Ring, 42 Studio, Design and Code. And from there, I went on and um, gained my own clients. Did a lot of networking and yeah, it, it, some, it, it grew. And since 2017, when I started with my own clients, it, it grew to um, a nice portfolio. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased. Uh, I work with people locally, people in UK and as well in Germany. And I created um, creative communication. So in 2017, and so the core of creative communication is brand development and the whole corporate identity. I work B2B mainly, and um, I make sure that businesses send visually a clear message to their clients so that they know what they can expect from your business, what they can um, buy, um, and yeah, the products and services you sell. So I will show you a little bit about my work. Um, it's, a, it's a wee animation of um, a collateral of projects I did. Um, I start with brand development and I can tell you on the go um, with which area these companies operate in. So Futura is a, it's an investment company locally. Women Connect, people know maybe it's a connection a group, Bracewell, a US law firm. Relocate Guru is um, a startup. This is um, food and drink related, a consultant. Intero is in uh, oil and gas. And so from some of the projects I show what is part of the corporate uh, identity, business cards, um, and then further on, maybe a flyer or brochures, catalogs, so annual reports. And they are all from different companies, oil and gas related, energy. This is a, um, a fashion designer. Um, yeah, so, and as you can see, the things, they all work together. So with the logo, this is for um, typography and websites as well. Yeah, so the... The usual thing, I start with a logo and from there I build the whole corporate identity and even down to um, animations. If you want to explain something in an animation, it's a very good tool to quickly say what, you, what your business is about. 
yeah, so that's about my work. Um, and then what is actually branding? So Cambridge Dictionary says, the act of giving a company a particular design or symbol in order to advertise its products and services. I agree to a certain extent, and I would even put something on top. I think we need to expand that. So what you want to achieve with branding is you want to give your company a meaning. You're, you want to have a, a message, a meaningful message maybe to your clients. Um, you establish an image. So image basically means that people understand um, what your business is all about, what you want to sell to your clients, what your services are. Sometimes you just want your clients to sign up for something. So, um, and if you have an image, you are actually recognizable and then trustworthy. I think what um, is important is trust. So if people are trusting your business, they buy. Um, so that means if you, for example, a big company like McDonald's, they started small ones um, and they, they built their, their image and they built trust to, the client, to their clients. So everyone knows what McDonald's is standing for. Everyone knows the golden arches and so on. So, and because of this, this major trust that people know if I buy a hamburger, it will always taste the same wherever I go to McDonald's. That's why they come and, and buy and they, they come and, you, and they buy again. So how can we achieve that? Um, first of all, it's very important that you know what you're selling. Um, maybe sometimes when you're a startup, you're not quite sure about it. So what I would say, if just wrap it up in a sentence, um, this is what I sell, this is, this is what, what my service is all about, this is what my company is all about. Make it short and simple. The simpler it is, the better does your audience understand. Then the target audience. Obviously, when you know what you're selling, make sure you know your target. So um, even sometimes when you are already running for a while, you kind of figure out after some years, oh, actually, maybe I, I thought my target audience is that way. No, actually, it changed. Maybe your services changed slightly over the years. So you kind of have to figure out again, yeah, who are actually um, basically benefit. And if you make clear that you know your target, then it's much, much easier to sell to them. Um, then have a clear mission and vision. So what are you thriving for? You know, what, what drives you? Um, that is your mission, mission. And the vision is an overall picture. So let's say you are a shoe selling company and it's not, I sell shoes to maybe my target group. It's more the fact um, um, that people, I, I want that people are walking like on feathers because our shoes are so comfortable and they, they will gain, you know, it's, it's healthy for them and so on. So it's, it's a much bigger picture. Then be clear which values you have. So what, what is your company based on? The values are very important because you can always refer back to them. Um, and yeah, so for example, you say, I'm trustworthy, um, I'm, I'm friendly and so on. And then you can actually, you gather these together and write them down and then you know 
how to address others. And benefits are important. Don't talk too much about features because let's say you are um, a hairdresser, you can cut hair, you can dye hair and so on. But every hairdresser can do that or nearly every. So what is actually the benefit for your client? Think more about that than, than maybe what your feature is, what you can do. Because the client is actually interested in what benefits to them and not just what, what you can do because they expect that you do that anyway. And then when you gather this all, these four points together, you can create the visual identity. So that starts with a logo and then you basically create an identity around everything you do. Um, so important is as well the tone of voice. That's why it's separate because um, wherever you are, if you're online, your website, then you are on social media, then you have a flyer, you need to be consistent visually and as well what you say. You can't be um, on the one hand cheeky and then on the other hand very formal. People would be disturbed and think, is that the same company? So the same thing with the visual side. If you're once using mainly yellow, like what I do, yellow and black, and then all of a sudden you're blue, they would think you're a different company, even though maybe your logo is the same. And then obviously um, what you need to do after that, when you have that all set up, um, you need to market your brand. That's quite important. I will go into that in, in more detail later on. So the main part I would talk about today is the visual identity. And I just break it down into these um, components. So the heart of the visual identity is the logo. Um, so the logo, I mean, it's, some people say that branding is, is, is the logo, but branding is much more. It's, the logo is part of it, and I would say it is kind of the core, and it is very important, but all the other things, corporate color scheme, corporate typography, and key visuals, they all come, um, they all build the branding. So the logo usually is seen as a symbol. So for example, my one is on the bottom right. Um, and the corporate color scheme um, are the colors you're using throughout your whatever you do. If it's website, if it's, um, if it's flyers, all your marketing materials, you use the colors you chose. Um, and don't take too many colors on board or you will just look, um, yeah, colorful, but um, maybe restrict the colors to two, three, some more, but it's better to have one main color you work with than too many. The corporate typography usually choose one typography, one font, and work with that, but sometimes, and you can see that later on with the case study Dukaru, is two are maybe quite good, because then you can differentiate between headlines and long copy. And key visuals, yeah, think about how you want to address your audience. Um, some only use maybe images, images from people or showing people, showing things, showing what they do. Others use graphics. So you can imagine to have both. It can be completely only graphics without showing any people. It can be completely only images, but just whatever you do, just stick to it. So if you have images, um, and usually you show people and they're smiling into the camera and they are um, on an eye level. 
stick to that. Don't all of a sudden come from a different angle or make them unhappy or just show them from behind. You know, keep consistency in this. And graphics as well. Use the, your color scheme, use your topo topography when you do graphics and create graphics which are related to the logo and to your whole corporate identity. So now I speak about um, Dukaru. As Yukimi mentioned, I created um, the brand and the corporate identity when Yakimi and Sarah came together. So Yakimi Otaru and Sarah Downs merged and became Dukaru. And from the start, um, so we sat together and usually we had um, a conversation about their brand and um, majorly important, the values. So I have to say, Yakimi and Sarah, they were really well prepared. They knew what they want to build their business on. So they had their values already figured out to a certain extent, but I gave them, them as well a questionnaire for brand development. And it's what I give my clients. It's it has 12 questions. Here's just a, um, a short one showing you the first. And it's, it's talking about uh, finding out what is the core of your business. So it says, who am I? So what's your business like? Um, what's the personality, the character, and then what, how am I? So philosophy, uh, philosophy, values. Um, usually when I um, speak with uh, maybe sometimes a startup or sometimes a three-year-old firm, they sometimes don't know exactly which values they are based on. And so when they answer these questions, I can find out and then I basically take them and show them to the client first. So in this case, Tukaru is inspirational, modern, synergistic, unifying, and balanced. These were quite strong values we figured out at the start. And then they came and said, these are the major values and said, purposeful, very important for us, helpful, and integrity. And because they, the initials of purposeful, helpful, and integrity creates phi or phi. I know, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. It's um, from the Greek, um, um, from the Greek alphabet, um, there's phi or phi. Um, uh, that was actually quite interesting to directly take this Greek alphabet letter and create it into Dukaru. Because what I realized is that this um, letter can actually become the Q of Dukaru, which you see on the right-hand side. Um, so from there, I created this brand. Usually I come up with several ideas just um, based on different um, values and put some values into the forefront and others. So I come up with two to three ideas usually, and this one was the chosen one in the end. Um, so, yeah, the interesting fact is the Q, which is not a normal Q, it's related to the Greek alphabet's letter, and I had to make um, it readable that actually people read to Karu. So it became this, um, or it, it, I created this tick, which is from, from the left bottom to the right up, upright corner. And not only that it means something positive, because in our culture we are reading from the left to the right. So everything which goes from the left bottom to the right up corner is positive. It's growing, it's thriving. Um, it's as well in handwriting, cues have 
these ticks. So people know, know that and can recognize the, um, the letter. Um, and yeah, when you create a logo or when you think about your own logo, you want something unique in it and you want as a company to tell a story. So every time when Ducaro now gets asked, oh, what is it? What, what is this about? There is something in your queue. Um, they can tell the story and they relate back to their values, which is amazing. And this, these unique stories, I really love them to, to visualize them into their into logos. So, and other, other um, values you can see here, for example, the tick that's purposeful, underlines purposeful. It's quite a modern looking um, logo. It's, it's helpful as well because it has round edges. Not, it's not super sharp, but it has its distinct um, little sharp, sharper corners. So there is maybe much more softness to it, but it's solid as well. It, it stands solid. And it's um, as well a little bit, the lettering is a little bit wider. So it's, it's much more solid standing. So you, you create trust in that. Um, yeah, so you can see that there are the values we figured out at the start that they go into the visuals. And then from there, um, we had the claim unified business growth. And here you see what comes after developing the brand or the, the logo. So if you have the logo, that doesn't mean that the job is finished. Then you have to create the whole world around it. And that is the corporate identity. So um, as you can see in the bottom right corner, there is the logo. Um, but then you can see as well, there are corporate colors. So there is a purple in the image used and there is this very bright red, which is quite vibrant and relates back to other um, yeah, synergy and the other values I mentioned before. Um, and then you see that there is some font used and that is co the corporate typography. So there are two fonts visible. One is much rounder and relates maybe much more to the logo with its, its roundness. And the other one for the longer copy um, is, yeah, has more sharper edges. And so you, you look that both kind of fit to the logo um, and be a little bit, be not afraid to have a headline um, font, which is a bit more unusual because that kind of gives, uh, that drags more attention towards it and, and, and tells the people more than uh, a normal font. I wouldn't use Comic Sans, so. <laughs> um, and then the long copy, make sure you have something, you, you really look for readability. That's most important because that is when you tell the people what you do and on your website and people don't, if they can't read anything, they, they would not bother. Yeah, and then the key widgets are the, third part, uh, the fourth part and that is the image in the background. It is um, a tinted image in purple. So that's kind of a, a key visual they use. So you always, when you see a purple tinted image, you think, oh, that's Docaro and the purple color as well. And then you have a triangle where the logo sits on, the same direction of the tick from, Q, from the queue. So to actually pop out the logo so it gets much more visibility. 
And then there is another key visual on the left-hand side, which is a triangle or more an arrow. And this um, is on the website, which I come later, I'll back to that. So corporate colors, I said the coral red and the purple gray are the main colors. So the main color is really the coral red and secondary color shades are made out of the purple gray. So the purple is more a supportive color and the coral red is more the distinct color which, which shows the right direction. And the corporate typography, um, in this case, we chose doses for the headlines and open songs for the main text. Google fonts are generally great because they are free to use. You can use them online, you can use them offline, and you don't have to pay for that. Um, there are millions and tons of free fonts online which you could use, but some are really struggling with the readability. Um, it's difficult if you don't know if it's readable or not to choose from them, but there are loads of really good um, fonts as well you have to pay for. But I think Google did something there pretty clever, um, creating these Google fonts and some of, of the font makers are, are well known. So. Um, yeah, it's amazing that we now have this tool for free we can use. So, and I think Dosis is a really, um, really good fitting headline font for Lucaro. And these are the key visuals. Um, so mentioned before, we have images, but they are desaturated. So they are black and white and then tinted in, in purple to recognize, aha, here we are talking about Lucaro. And then the red, bright, shiny element, this triangle and the arrow. So um, I show in the next slides some um, actual material I did so you can see how they come to life. So here are the business cards and um, really great that um, Yakimi and Sarah, they were happy to print these business cards with a Pantone color because this this really shiny red is sometimes amazing online. And as you can see here in the slides, really popping out. But then if you print it, it could be dull. That's sometimes because, um, I mean, normally you print CMYK, cyan, cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. And these layers create a color. That's how printing usually works. But you can choose a premixed color, and this is a Pantone color pre-mixed and so you can have amazing popping out colors you can even have neon you can have other things but um yeah you have to then maybe create a business card with maybe just one color like here or a reduced color palette and these business cards they are a bit different square business cards you don't see as much and I think when you think about your own ones and your business and you go networking, it's good to have something a bit different so people remember you. Because sometimes at networking events or even when you are at shows, trading shows or exhibitions, people see a lot of business cards and it could be a little bit repetitive. But if you have something like this, where the color pops out, where it's a different shape, people remember much more. And then these are their exhibition banners. They even, when they don't have exhibitions, they're standing in their office. It's not overly crowded. It just gives 
a one specific uh, message and that's it. But people see, ah, the colors again, they see the logo again, they see the font, the picture. So they see the elements they see online, they see on social media. And so this, this becomes one, one picture and an image for Lucaro. And then the website as well. So we um, worked on this together with a, um, an IT programmer because they needed, um, Lucaro needed specific um, things for the back end lock-ins and and so on so we worked together and it worked brilliantly well um, i created the designs um, and the it programmer did the the back end and actually yeah, ikemi wrote the content because she is a content writer so they needed to they, they could do all this in-house so that's dukaru and yeah now i explained a little bit of about what corporate identity or visual identity is. So what can you do? Um, it doesn't really matter if you are a startup or if you are running for several years, for three or more. Maybe think about your business and actually do it right now. Can you create an elevator pitch, which is just under a minute or even shorter, 30 seconds, the shorter the better. So tell people what you do in this short sentence. And if you have that, you're much more focused on how to sell. And then note down three values. Um, I know you probably have much, much more values than that. Um, be quite um, specific with your values. So if you say, I, I do high quality work or my service is high quality, high quality, nearly everyone wants to do that. I mean, there are some companies which um, sell cheap but um, most of the people in, in certain professions they do high quality so maybe this is definitely a value but not one of the major values so think about something which really um, maybe sometimes comes from your heart what you really like or what do your competitors do and try to be a bit different and maybe even filling a gap in your area and with the benefits, the same thing. Look at your competitors, see what they are covering and be specific about the benefits. Um, so, um, yeah, like don't really talk so much about the features. Tell your clients you gain, for example, if you sign up with this, you gain time because we're taking care of what, what, of what you are usually needing to do whatever company that is, but this is a benefit. I gain time, not I, I buy a certain feature. And then it's important, I spoke about the target audience at the start, um, that you create buyer personas. So I say that is um, a buyer persona is a really specific person. You can go into very much detail um, to figure out who's actually buying your products. Obviously, that is an example of all your customers, and you can't probably um, cover all of your customers with, with three buyer personas. But what it makes is that when you set them up, you can focus directly to these targets. And I bet that every company has several. If you only have one buyer persona, fine, but I, I bet every has several, and three are a good number. So, for example, you are selling um, your, your company who does high quality furniture, quite expensive. And there's Emma who earns 40,000 per year 
oh, sorry, not 40,000. That's not enough. Maybe 100,000 per year. So she is a really um, businesswoman and she's 40 years old and she really loves as well as a hobby to decorate her house. And she has the pocket money to buy these expensive furniture or home decor. So where could she be? Oh, she loves to be on Instagram and on Pinterest because you can then see all these lovely, beautiful houses um, decorated in a, in a great way. So yes, that is then for, for the um, furniture or home decor company, the go-to platform. And if you don't go down this route of, yeah, thinking about the individuals, then you probably miss out. Maybe you, you only think, oh, I need to be on LinkedIn and then you, you miss out on the platform. So um, it really helps to do that. Um, and if you have this set up, then think about your visual identity, what you have at the moment or what you want to create and think, does it really fit? Does it fit with my current visual identity? Sometimes it can be that you maybe change something, especially during now the COVID-19 crisis. Maybe you changed how you operate, you changed your services or products um, to deliver other things than what you realize what people need right now. So how can you market your brand? Um, I think very important for nearly every business, I would say nearly, is a website. Um, and if you set up your website, obviously you have already your visual identity, then um, you, if you want to be seen on Google, you need to do some SEO. I'm not going into detail of SEO because that's just filling a whole complete webinar. And um, yeah, so, but you need to do something to appear on Google. Don't be so downhearted if you start a new, with a new website and your company and it takes months until you're actually somewhere on Google because Google needs some time to realize, oh, there's a new website, we can trust this website and so forth. Um, then usually exhibitions, exhibition stands you need when you go to shows, exhibition to really show off your brand. Um, you maybe need some banners and then obviously some business cards, even though if you just think I want to do some networking, business cards are still the thing to have. Um, even even if, if it sometimes feels like, yeah, but are we looking at it again? No, I think it's the first impression, which is important. And a lot of people actually keep their business cards from others, as I do. And yeah, they look at it again. Then leaflets, brochures, and catalogs, they are important um, if you want to talk a little bit more about what you are selling. And if you are at an exhibition, that's great to have. And if you have it physically, you, it's easy to put it um, on your website afterwards and have an online catalog it's the same thing. It's not much um, you have to do there. So that's something I would recommend. And then, yeah, populate at least one main social media platform. You can't say no to social media because um, that's a main selling point nowadays. Or just building your brand, showing the people I'm out there um, and, yeah, and, and telling them what you are about because it's really, we, we buy from people, people buy from people, and it's important um to show yourself i'm not uh, a great social media person myself but i had to realize i have to do something so i'm mainly on linkedin um and as well on pinterest and instagram because i have quite a visual um visual work so i can show that 
But I think starting with my one main social media platform and think about where are my buyer, buyer personas? Where are they? So are they on Instagram? Are they on LinkedIn? And then choose the right platform at the start. And if you then feel more comfortable and you, you're posting there quite a lot, you can extend it easily. So what can you do? What, what are there free tools to actually do a website or an e-commerce um, website even? Um, yeah, there is, for example, Wix. You can set up your website with Wix and you can, um, there is a free trial for Shopify, which is an e-commerce website. Um, obviously, free to a certain extent. As I mentioned, it's only a free trial with Shopify and with Wix. Um, if it's free, they put their marketing all over your website, which you usually don't want to, or they add even Wix ads and so on. So they kind of force you quite soon to actually pay for it. And the thing is, when you when you started with Wix, it's on, on their web host, um, they are web hosting your website. This website is not your asset. It's theirs. And yet they start to market it much, much more the more you pay. And there are problems with SEO and so on. But if you start, it's, it's a great thing to have. Um, there's no worry, uh, no, no doubt about it. And yeah, and then for example, you need graphics, images, maybe for social media. Canva is a really good tool to do that. Um, you don't need to have the premium. You can actually work with a free tool. And for video, Loom is great. You can just explain something quickly, share your desktop and yeah, and, and make a video of, of yourself. So that's basically it um, about branding. And um, yeah, I hope it, uh, it helped you to maybe think about your own brand. Maybe you are a startup, maybe you're already running your business for several years. So um, yeah, it's, it's just good to, good to review at many times as well, even though you're running already for several years. It's good to just sit back sometimes and think, Am I still looking the right way? Is my logo still saying what it needs to be? My whole corporate identity, do actually my clients look out for that and do they relate to it? So yeah, it's uh, something, something maybe for everyone to think about. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and now I give over or hand over to Ikemi. Thanks so much, Anya. That was great. I mean, just building on what you just said around um, you know, doing that review and reflection at Ducaro, we did that recently. So if you go to our website now, you'll find that our values have changed actually. And even though that those are still our values, they are, they have kind of evolved based on the market that we're in, based on the feedback that we've gotten, based on what we've grown up to be. So I think it's absolutely necessary that regardless of how old you are as a business, that you go back and reflect and look at whether the market you're serving is the same, whether you are the same and you want to maybe change how the market sees you. So thank you so much, Anya. Anya has kindly um, offered a free um, brand consultation for anyone on, on this call who would like to talk about their brand. So whether you're a startup or an existing business or you've been around for a while, she will spend some time with you, 30 minutes on a Zoom call. If you remember the questionnaire that she showed earlier in her presentation, She'll go through that with you and give you a bit more clarity around your brand and you know how you want to look visually in terms of your corporate identity. 
Great, thanks so much for that. So um, if you're on the call and you have a question, please feel free to come on video now. Um, and if you're, you know, if you've got a full house, a noisy house, that doesn't matter. Everyone's got children. I'm, I'm surprised my daughter hasn't turned up, to be honest. Um, <laughs> she generally turns up when I'm on the call for some reason. So just feel free. This is really informal. We're here to just chat. Um, we've got one question in the chat just now. So we've got Andrew Russell. Do you want to come on? You want to come on video, Andrew, and ask your question direct to Anya and give her a bit of context. Hi, hi there. How are you getting on? Um, I'm. Uh, I recently started my business in February of this year, so again, timing-wise, absolutely impeccable, shall we say, uh, in quite a kind of unique space. And I've been quite reticent to put out social media kind of posts because obviously there's been so much kind of negativity. So I was just kind of keen to get your input on how personal messages should go out in comparison to is there like a, a, a defined number um, of, of postings that you need to have for, for a personal message or to, to actual kind of businessy sales, I suppose, because uh, it is technology sales that I kind of deal in. So just to get your thoughts on, on that side of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite tough on you that you just started your business and then that crisis came upon you so that's um it is these are unique times so um i think um everyone online is now a little bit less salesy than before mm -hmm. but how i do it i am actually trying to create um or trying to establish my business and myself and not be salesy too much actually i don't really um do much selling online i just talk about my expertise um how i can help people so i would say if you stay with yourself and um you you just talk about what you do and what you can actually achieve for others and what you did maybe you do some case studies and show this then it doesn't, I think, not come across that salesy. So that could be maybe a tip. But Yakimi, what would you say? Because you're the um, social media expert here. Andrew, it's a really great question. Um, and Anya is absolutely right. I think talking about how you can help people as opposed to saying, come and buy stuff is probably the way to go. I think that, to be honest, it's probably better to put out more personal posts than business posts. Um, and for years, I've used this 411 rule. So basically, if you're putting out six posts, four of them should not be about your business per se. It should be about something else, your values, um, a, a cause you care about, um, your family, what you've learned, something that's inspired you, because that still attracts people who are on the same wavelength as you, if you know what I mean. So exactly, exactly. And the one was the one can be something about your business. So it could be, um, you know, a case study, something that you've worked on, you know, you know, an offer that you have. And one post can be so the sixth post can be more entertaining, more humorous post. You know, you can share something somebody else put out that maybe inspired you or you found humorous. So that's a bit of guidance. So overall, I would say, you know, the less you kind of speak about your business mm. to people's faces, the better. And I yeah. think, 
you know, right now in this time, people are just a little bit more sensitive and a bit more touchy. Yeah. But they're always about going. going yeah, I mean, about I think it. I have been quite lucky um, that I was able to get a kind of hashtag for kind of LinkedIn that does seem to kind of gets you kind of visibility and it's all about kind of brand, I suppose. Um, so, so again, just kind of holding into that. But the, the thing with all the kind of negativity that's obviously preceded us in the last three months, you don't really want to be kind of shouting from the rooftops that you're, yeah. you're actually doing relatively well. And, yeah. You've got 90% of the population's kind of sitting in the house, kind of wondering what to do in an hour's time yeah. type of thing. So it's been, I care because I want to be more visible on LinkedIn. I want to put videos on, but it's just trying to understand what the right time is to kind of put out the kind of messages that you, you want to be kind of putting out. So I suppose it's a balancing act at the best of times. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we're still waiting for, so from, for questions, but I, I do have a couple of questions for you, Anya, if that's okay. So um, trust is a really big thing. When it comes to um, when it comes to branding, and I mean, all brands want to be trustworthy, but there are certain kind of services, I suppose, and products that you provide, which means that um, you know trust is a big part of what you want customers to feel towards you. For instance, you know, if your financial services, you know, or your your cybersecurity and so on. So, how do you build in a strong brand element for a client that is in one of these kind of sectors that really requires a client to trust you with, you know, whatever, maybe with their financial information or with their personal information? What are some of the elements that you build in as a branding consultant to to build trust, I guess, quickly? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I guess I understood you correctly that you, you mean when these the people who need trust that how I basically deal with them, or do you mean rather put it into the, the brand? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've worked together a little bit. So I have some idea, for instance, um, how do you build into the color? So I know we've spoken before about blue, for instance, and a lot of um financial services companies and you know quite serious big companies might go for the color blue because i suppose psychologically maybe it drives trust so stuff like that how would you build an element into a brand to make them um i guess more trustworthy to an audience yeah yeah okay um i understand so that that means yeah i think there are several elements and that it's actually going back to what I, I mentioned before, so the whole visual identity, you can actually, in, in many cases, build trust. What you mentioned as well, yeah, the psychology of the colors um, are very important. Um, blue, for example, you mentioned is a very trustworthy one. Um, it comes from the brain, it's a cooler color. Um, it's not maybe so vibrant than others, but it really depends, is it light, is it dark, is it you know, which shades you're going for? Um, so you can do something around the color as well, but then the typography is important. I, I think I mentioned in between, don't use Comic Sans. And I think I can still underline that because, yeah, be sometimes a little bit more um, outgoing with your, with your headline fonts, but try to as well not go in the direction of, okay, what is this company, you know? So you get um, a feel for it if, if you can trust this company and if you use maybe Comic Sans or a font no one can read. For example, you have a logo and no one can actually read the font or the, the name, then this doesn't create trust. It just creates a barrier between you and your clients. Um, and yeah, it can go on even with the images. Um, like I said, if you want to create trust to people, be on an eye level rather than having images, photos shot from below or from above, 
because then people look little or they look like massive giants and it's not really, they are not really, um, yeah, you can kind of not enter their world. It makes it weird and awkward. So yeah, you can definitely in every stage, you can do something to create trust with your brand. Thanks, Anya. Thank We've you. got um, another question following on from Andrew's great question earlier. Um, Elizabeth, do you want to come on video and maybe ask your question and I can get a bit more context about it? Yeah, sure. It's just um, Andrew was asking about the, the balance between personal and business posts. I, on LinkedIn, I always try to stick very much to business on LinkedIn. I would never post anything sort of humorous or, or personal on LinkedIn. So would you be saying um, that you would follow that 411 rule on LinkedIn as well? I would, Elizabeth, and, and I know that everyone's different and some, sometimes I'm not 100% comfortable with that. But if, if you follow me on LinkedIn, I tend to post far more personal stuff. And when I say personal, I'm not talking about, you know, your deep dark secrets or anything like that. But it's, you know, something inspirational and it might be ultimately linked to business. So there's a way to, to do that where there's something that's happened. You've just had a chat with a friend and ultimately that's inspired you in some way and you can link it back to business. The idea is that you you engage people who have the same values as you. That's really what it's about. And people um, engage with people. The most, the most liked and engaged with posts that you'll see on LinkedIn have this strong personal element. It's just, we can't, we can't deny that. And um, for a while I wrote a LinkedIn article every, every month and now I'm managing every quarter. But I've noticed very quickly that those articles that are personal are the ones that got far more engagement and people kind of messaged me later on to talk about, you know, how they completely resonated with what I wrote and different aspects of it. For instance, I talked about raising my daughter to be okay with making mistakes, which is not related to business per se, but ultimately, you know, it, it did link to business. It did link to my, my kind of my comfort with making mistakes in business as well and passing that on to, to my child. So yeah, to answer your question, I think definitely do that on LinkedIn and it would take some getting used to. It's very difficult when you put yourself out there and you get maybe crickets or a bit of negativity, but I would encourage you to, to yeah, find a way of mixing personal and business. So it, it is personal, but it kind of links to business and inspires business. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. That's great. Thanks very much, Yikemi. I'm off to see if I follow you on, on LinkedIn. I'm not sure if I do, but I will within the next half hour, I can assure you. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your question. We got any other questions? I've got a ton of questions, so I'm just not wanting to dominate this. <laughs> just come on video or just turn off your audio. Sorry, turn on your audio and, and come on if you've got a question. Um, in the meantime, I've got a question for Anya around something you talked about consistency. So you talked about even, even the visuals and the pictures that you use for people listening that, that are maybe going through a branding process or rebranding process or are thinking, well, actually, I didn't think about the images that we use. Obviously, we always use the same logo and the same color, but I haven't given so much thought to the images that I use. So for us, we try to use our own images as much as possible so that it's, you know, it's one of our staff in the images. But sometimes we can't achieve that and we will use stock images. And mm -hmm. what, what we try to do is use a stock image that doesn't necessarily show people's faces. If it's not us, then 
we don't like show the face. It might be hands or, or whatever, you know, a, a desktop. So the issue though is what is the balance between that consistency and being boring? yeah you know in terms of branding how do you you know yeah not end up being boring where it's so predictable because everyone knows it's going to be a picture of people's hands or something like that so if you can talk a little bit about how to keep it engaging and exciting yeah i mean i think um what you already mentioned um is that you maybe mainly as much as you can use your own pictures i'm encouraging everyone to do so because then yeah, it doesn't look like a stock image. You can quickly tell if it's a stock image or not. Um, so if you if you basically have the own rule of doing as much as you can and put out your own images, that's great. Um, if you use stock images, I think there's no problem in using, let's say, 20% of stock images. Um, but 80%, so most of the, of the images you use are are good uh, are the ones showing you and what you already said i it's quite a good idea to not then show other faces i mean sometimes you can show other faces and it could be a potential client even and sometimes um pictures don't really look so stock like stock pictures so if you choose the right pictures which don't look like it then you can actually get away and people can't really say oh that could be actually their client so yeah um, I think it's it's always the good mix, I suppose. But if as well, if you um, have not have um, the budget of maybe get fo- a photographer in, or you're looking for images which are yeah, some are actually for free. There are good platforms, and especially when you you said you maybe show hands or you show things or maybe landscapes or whatever you need. I think there are very good for free images out there you can use and. Of some you can really not tell if they are not coming from your camera so yeah i think um it's the mix is important great thank you anya so if anyone else has got questions in the meantime if you'd like to take anya up on her free offer for your brand consultancy all you need to do is just email her after this it's mail at anyapeter.com and she'll hook you up and get something in the diary for you so in the meantime, I want to say thank you everyone for joining. Um, Dukaru is based in Aberdeen. If there's any um, topics out there that you would like us to cover through our weekly webinars, feel free to shoot myself or Sarah Downs an email or just go on our LinkedIn page and, and send us a message. And we'll, um, we'll try to get someone who's a subject matter expert in that area because what, really what we're doing is trying to just empower and share knowledge during what is obviously a difficult time for many for many businesses thank you very much everyone and enjoy the rest of your day thank you for listening to this episode of the karu sofa chats please find us at apple Podcasts and stitcher to subscribe to listen to more episodes if you enjoy an episode please review it and share it with a friend who you think might get some value from it thank you